0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. Our mission here at Plum Creek is to help you experience intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. Our hope is that what you hear today will impact and challenge you to love God and the people around you in a whole new way. We'd encourage you to check us out online at PlumCreekOnline.com to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we might have for you or for your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through our website, PlumCreekOnline.com give, or via text, just text any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for being here. Let me give you a quick update uh, for those of
1: you uh, that were here last week. You knew this was the first weekend that we were um, uh, just kind of uh, finishing up our seeds camp uh, campaign and many were bringing their pledge cards and so I want to give you a quick update those are still coming in and I know many of you continue to pray over what God's asking you to do but so far we've received 115 uh, pledges towards the expansion of our facility for our kids and our youth and the total of those pledges is $717,000. Isn't that awesome? And so we're going to continue to pray for God to provide in big ways and to um, to be able to help this uh, this project come to fruition. We know it's not about a building, is it? It's about the opportunity to make a difference in this valley for him and for the message of the gospel to be uh, proclaimed in a big way as we are able to see this uh, community changed. And not just this community, as we raise up our children and our students, we know that those, those kids are the ones that are going to continue to uh, do God's work all over the world, right? Good stuff. Let's pray. Father, thank you for where we are right now. We know we're still climbing the hill. we got a long way to go. We believe that you're calling us to do this. We believe that you're calling us to do a great job discipling our kids and partnering with uh, families to do that. And so, Lord, we pray today uh, for us to be able to see miraculous provision, for us to be able to see your hand at work in a big way. Um, Lord, we know you are faithful, and so we stand on your truth and on your word. And Lord, we just continue to even speak to us this morning about who you are, about your character, about the way you love us, the way you care for us, so that we could truly understand what it means to be changed by your love, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. As you heard Jared say in the video, we are starting a new series. And the whole idea behind this series is that we all have a past. Do you have a past? I have a past. Good, bad ugly, beautiful. We all have a past, right? And part of the incredible truth about who God is is that he, he is a God who weaves his redemptive thread through our lives, and he wants us to be able to get past our past. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to forgive others. I've never heard a message on this one, though, and I've never taught one. Uh, how do we apologize well? Ever needed to apologize? Uh, the scriptures talk to us about that, so we're going to talk about that, overcoming our failures. And today, what I want to talk about is how we overcome the labels that we have from our past. And I'm excited about this message. I want to talk to you about how we break these labels that oftentimes hold us back, because for many of us, Maybe it was something that someone said to you or they almost kind of labeled you. They made a statement about you. They communicated something to you and it was like almost a name tag was put on your heart because you remember what was said. Maybe for you it's a something that you even just believe about yourself, a label that you've given yourself that, that's not the label that God would want you to have. And so how do we overcome those things? How do we get past them? I believe God's going to do a work... Uh, In this service, he already has. In each of our services, it's been fun to hear how the Lord has been using this message this weekend. So to kind of help you kind of get in the mindset of what I'm talking about, I'm going to share with you the names of some people that you know, whose names have a label attached to them. And I want you to say the label. Does that make sense? So you are going to, I need everybody in. I need your help. Okay, ready? Attila the Hun, right? Weird one. Conan the Barbarian. Barbarian. Billy the? Billy Billy the Kid. Billy Joel. All right, all right. That is a tag, I suppose, his name. Um, How about this one? Buffy the? Right, the vampire slayer. Now, this one, to me, is crazy. Winnie the? How do you get that? How do you get Winnie the Pooh? Um, All of these different people have uh, different labels behind their name, and I wonder what labels you have had in your life. I wonder what labels someone has spoken over you, Communicated to you, um, maybe something like you're just so insecure. Ah, a label, a label. You're overly sensitive, or if you have a quick temper, you're you're a hothead, or you're the you're the partier, you're a womanizer, or you're average. Things that people speak over our lives i'll bet you there are some times you can go back probably to some distinctive memories that you have in your life where someone spoke something and it was like they put a label on you and and for some of you and i know this is true i've been there too those things sometimes can be hurtful and sometimes it's difficult to be able to get past these labels and <clears throat> as you think about what it is just maybe even just write that down on your journey journey guide today just write down what is it that I've heard? What is it that someone said? Just write those things. What is it that I've believed about myself? Some labels that you might have in your life. And, and as you think about that, here's what I've been praying, and here's what God has been doing all weekend helping us to understand that God's power is bigger than my past. Write that down. That's our main thought for this weekend. God's power is bigger than than my past. Today, I would love for each of us to walk out of here with an understanding that what God says about you is more important. It's what's most important. It's more important than what anyone has said. It's more important about anything you've said about yourself and anything you've believed about yourself. God's truth about you is bigger than all of that. His truth is bigger. And here's some next level truth. Sometimes those labels that others have given us, sometimes those labels that we've given ourselves, they have some merit behind them because of the way that we have lived our life, because of things that we've done, things that we've said. But the good news is this, whatever that label looks like in your past, that label does not have to be true about you tomorrow. That's what relationship with God is all about. Being able to see these changes to become the men and the women that he wants us to believe, be. I believe with all of my heart that God is going to speak to us and that he has the power to break those labels. And here's, here's how he's going to do it. I've been asking him to reveal this to us. So I want you to just write down some notes today. I'm asking that God would give you a new God-centered view of you. A new God-centered view of you. Not the view that someone else gave you, but the view that God has for you. So I want to read a passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You may want to write that verse down and go back later this week. If you have your Bibles open, uh, grab a pen, because I'm going to ask you to circle a couple of words. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Apostle Paul is, is, is writing, and he says this. This means that anyone, and I want to stop for a second, right there at that word anyone. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you came from. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't even matter how true a label might seem in your life. None of it matters because of this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean to belong to Christ? That means that you've come to him. You've asked him for forgiveness for all of the ways that we've fallen short of his perfect standard. And you've submitted to the lordship of the son of God in your life. If you've done that, this anyone is you. Now, I want you to see what happens. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Not the old label, not the label from your past, not who you were. You've become a new person, a new person. The old life, and this word is what I want you to circle, is what? Gone. Circle that if you have your Bible open. Um, The old life is gone. And what has happened? The new life has begun. Circle begun. Old life is gone. New life has begun. And if you're in Christ, all of the old is done away with. It's gone. The power of sin that's held you back can be broken in the name of Jesus. And so here's what I want to do. I sure hope you're reading your Bible. I hope you're reading your Bible because that's how you learn uh, about the character. You learn about the, the, the principles, the truths, of the way that God interacts with his people. And, and you can see this woven throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I want to share with you three things that I see from Scripture that are absolutely, positively true about God's character, the way he was back in those stories, and the way he is today, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I want to show you some things that are consistent about our God and the way that he interacts with us and his plans for us. And the scripture is full of these examples. So if you're taking notes, someone may have given you a label. But how about this? God will give you, and write this down, a new name. God will give you a new name. Now that sounds kind of crazy at first, but hold with me. This principle is true throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. We see in uh, Isaiah 62, 2, where the prophet writes this, And you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. Many of you have been held back by something someone said, but our God wants to give you a new name. Let me explain that to you. More than that, he wants to replace the old title, the old you, with a new name, a new label, and he loves to do this. It's who he is. It's part of his character, consistently renaming his children. God did this all the time in Scripture. Here's a couple of my favorite examples. There was this couple named Abram and Sarai. And you know what their label was? Barren, childless, without hope for passing the heritage on. That's what they thought. That's who they felt they were. But in Genesis chapter 17, God comes to them and he says, you might have your label barren and childless, but you're going to have so many descendants that you won't even be able to count them. And to get the ball rolling, here's what I'm going to do because I'm God and this is what I'm going to give you a new name. And he changed both of their names. And now they're known as Abraham and Sarah, which mean the father and the mother of many nations. That's just cool to me. That's what God does. There's another one. Uh, His name is Jacob. You know what Jacob means? Swindler. Thanks, Mom. Right? And he kind of really leaned into his name. If you know his story, very twisted path. Um, crazy life, and in Genesis chapter 32, he has this this, um, interchange with the Lord, and God gives him a new name. He changes his name from Jacob to Israel, and Israel meant to have wrestled with God, or God will prevail, because that is literally what happened to him. He got a new name. This is just what God does. He gives new names, and I believe that God wants to give some of us that are here today a new name. You see, it's easy to feel unworthy. It's easy to feel um, like you're not good enough for all that God has done for you. You're going to think that you don't deserve it. Now listen, we've all felt that way before. We've all had those thoughts before. Please listen to me. If you have that thought, you need to know where it came from. That came from the enemy of your soul because what he wants more than anything else is for you not to understand what we're talking about today. He wants you to not understand that your past can be the past because our God wants to redeem the past and give you a new name. You see, the enemy of your soul doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to understand that this is part of who God is and what he does. God's going to help you to grow into your new name. For some of you today, God wants to give you a new name, forgiven. Forgiven. Not something you've heard It's something that you've really caught deep in your heart and your soul, regardless of your past. God wants to give you a new name, give you this new understanding of who you are in him, forgiven, forgiven. Not because you deserve it, but because he's given that to us. You might not feel it yet, but you're going to grow into your position in Christ. Maybe for someone else, he's going to give you a new name, overcomer, overcomer. Because you know you've been fighting. Someone might call you an addict. Someone might call you lost, hopeless. But God wants you to know that with his strength and his power, you can be an overcomer. He's going to give you the strength to overcome. For someone else, God wants you to get a new label today. And that label is leader. Leader. We talk about that almost too much in our culture today. Just Google books on leadership, right? And oftentimes we kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if I want... Listen, God has called you to be leader because he wants you to first lead yourself. To lead yourself. He's going to put you in relationships with others. If you're married, God wants you to be part of the leading of your marriage. Men, listen, you are called by God to be a leader at home. If you have children, you're called to lead. God wants you to understand... You know, here's here's a, this is an interesting thing. The name that God wants to give to you is typically, it's not uncommon for, for it to be the opposite of what you're feeling and thinking your label is. Does that make sense? So let's just say that your label is worrier. What he wants to do is give you a new label, trusting, trusting. Oftentimes, it's exactly the opposite of what we feel. And many of you have been labeled by things in the past. Don't believe what others have said about you. Believe that you are who God says you are. It's just part of the way he works. He renames his people. That's what he does. He gives us a new name, but he doesn't stop there. Write this down as well. He'll also give you a new purpose. A new purpose. One of my favorite examples of this is... There's a guy named Simon. Just this morning when I was spending some time reading and, and, and uh, praying this morning and writing my journal, I read some more of the story of this guy's life, Simon. He's, he's a piece of work, man. Simon could have all kinds of labels. Simon was a very interesting guy. Simon, his, his label could be unpredictable, rash, impulsive, undependable, erratic non-committal. we could keep going. Simon was a piece of work. Jesus came to Simon, and he said, Simon, listen, I'm going to give you a new purpose. He said, you've been fishing for a long time, and you're going to have a new purpose. You're not going to fish for fish anymore. You're going to fish for people. And how do you think Simon responded to that? Kind of the same way you and I would. Really? He didn't understand what Jesus was calling him to do, but God was giving him a new purpose. And then there's this amazing conversation that Jesus has with this guy named Simon. It's phenomenal. You know, when Jesus asks a question, it kind of has to feel like you're taking a final exam. Because he definitely already knows the answer. And here's the crazy thing about Jesus. He oftentimes also asks a question knowing that that question is just going to lead to another question. And that's what he did with him. He said this, he said this to Simon. He said, hey, um... Who do people say that I am? Do you think that Jesus didn't already know that? He already knew that. And Simon responds, well, Jesus, some people say uh, that you're Elijah. And uh, some people say that you're John the Baptist. And then Jesus kind of smiles. He's like, yeah, 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 I knew that. Well, hey, Simon, who do you say that I am? But well, Can I just tell you today, that's the most important question for you to answer in your life, Period. Who do you say that Jesus is? And Simon responds and he says, I say that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You have got to see what happens next. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus replies and he says this, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Now look at verse 18. Here he goes again. This is what God does. This is how Jesus is carrying out his mission. He says, and I tell you, what does he do? That you are Peter. He changed his name. He says, you're not Simon anymore. I'm going to call you Peter. And instead of all the other labels that you used to have, impulsive, erratic, non committal he says, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That's awesome. He gave him a new name, and he gave him an entirely new purpose. You're going to be the rock. Do you think he understood what it meant to be Peter the rock? If you haven't read the story, you need to read the story. Unbelievable. If you have read the story, let me ask you a question. From that moment on, did he live like Peter the rock? do this right now. No, he did not. This guy was a mess, just like you and I are a mess. This guy didn't fully get it, fully embrace it, fully understand it, just like you and I. It's a journey. It's a process. He didn't fully understand it. He wasn't even close. He messed up again and again and again, and while he was messing up, Jesus was walking with him, and he was growing into his new name, he was growing into his new purpose. And listen, that should speak to you today. Because we think we're supposed to just somehow naturally just jump into the new me because of Jesus' work. And like all of a sudden I got it all together and I never make mistakes anymore. But that's not even reality. Listen, that, that didn't even happen in Peter's life. But if you, if you know the tradition in the history, at the end of his life, they were going to martyr Peter by crucifying him like Jesus. And tradition says that Peter was unwilling to be crucified and put to death the same way Jesus was, so he asked that he would be put to death upside down. He wasn't born a rock, but I'm here to tell you he died a rock. He did get there just like Jesus will help you and I get to the person that he is calling us to be. So God will give you a new name. God will give you a new purpose. Now I want you to write this down too. This is so great about God. He also is gonna give you a new future, a new future. And what I have seen is that all too often we kind of live in this pessimistic kind of state. And so it's not uncommon for you to say or for you to hear when you're in conversation with others that these kinds of things will say, My life is never going anywhere. I'm never gonna beat this, I'm never gonna be happy, I'm always gonna be alone, I'm always gonna be miserable, I'm never gonna get out of debt, I can never be the person God wants me to be. And listen, what we've been talking about today are some things that are evident and consistent throughout Scripture about our God. He never changes. He never changes. And we see these consistencies reemerging time after time after time as we read through the Word of God. Things like this, where the prophet said, Jeremiah said this famous verse, you've heard this before. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. We're going to see his heart. Plans for a good and not for a disaster to give you a future and a hope. You might think, I'm never going to have a good marriage. My kids are never going to grow up to achieve anything. I'm always going to be in debt. I'll never find a job I love. I'm always going to be an addict. I'll never, I'm stuck. I'll ne-. Listen, whatever it is, you've got one, I've got one. What is it? You fill in the blank. I will never fill in the blank. What is it? We all have our thing. But because of God's work in our lives, what he wants to do is give us an entirely different future. And oftentimes, out of our greatest weaknesses, God can raise up his greatest strengths. We're going to take communion this morning. Our ushers are ready to distribute communion. And we practice at Plum Creek what's called open communion, which means that it's not about church membership. It's about your personal relationship with the Lord. It goes back to the verse that we talked about before. If you've submitted your life to him, we invite you to... Take uh, communion elements with us. And here's what I want you to do. We just hold them, hold them for a second, because we're going to have a time of self led communion here at the end of our service in just a second. Um, but I also want you to stay with me. Again, one of the reasons I love to read the Bible is because story after story, it seems to bring real hope to me. And one of the best stories that illustrate what we're talking about today, one of the ones that connects to our hearts, is about a lady, a lady who had a label. And her label wasn't a good one. As a matter of fact, this lady is mentioned eight times in Scripture, and six out of the eight times, her name is attached to her label. Her name was Rahab, the prostitute. That's not a good label, is it? She had to feel ashamed, feeling as though she was good for only one thing, She had to wonder if there could ever be a change in her life, hopeless to ever have a good marriage, and I'm sure she wondered if she could ever experience God's love. But her story is a really unique and interesting one because Rahab the prostitute was the one that hid. Remember the Israelites sent spies into the promised land to check it out before they went? And Rahab the prostitute is the one that hid the spies, risking her own life to hide the spies so that they wouldn't be found out and captured and killed. And I'm convinced that she wouldn't have even known all that God was doing as she was being transformed, as her labels were being removed, as she was experiencing forgiveness, given a new purpose, and a new future. You see, stay with me here for a second, because later in the New Testament, In the first chapter of the book of Matthew, Rahab reemerges. But this time, she's called something different. I want you to see what happened. This is amazing. This is the heart of our God. You see, Rahab, in that first chapter of Matthew, is referred to as being the wife of Salmon. Do you know who he was? Salmon was one of the two spies that she had sheltered. Back when they came in to check out the promised land, Salmon was the prince of the house of Judah. Do you know what that means? This would have been front page news, friends. TMZ all over it. This is unbelievable. So this Rahab the prostitute, now a one-time heathen harlot, marries into one of the leading families of Israel. That's just cool. God gave her a new name through marriage. God gave her a new purpose. And he gave her a new future. Why? Because that's what he does. In turn, she became the mother of Boaz, who married Ruth, from whose son Obed-Jesse was the father of David, King David, through whose line Jesus was born. Are you kidding me? I'll bet you if you were God, you'd have kind of fine tooth combed the prostitute out of your family line, don't you think? Not God. Why? Because that's who He is. He's in the business of changing names, giving us a new purpose, and giving us a new future. That's what He does. So out of Rahab the prostitute came Jesus, the Savior of the world. So friends, listen to me. Don't you dare let anybody put you in a box and put a label on it. Don't believe what other people have said about you. Believe what Jesus says about you. Don't think that the past is an impossibility to overcome because God is all about overcoming the past. He's all about allowing the redemptive thread of what he did on the cross, symbols of what you now hold in your hand, to be part of what we experience to be given a new life. You are not what others have called you. You are not even what you have called yourself. Listen to look at me. Don't you dare belittle what Jesus did. Don't do it. Because the enemy of your soul wants to prevent you from overcoming your past and believing that you really are who you are in Christ. Don't, don't look back. Fully embrace who you are in Christ because he's an amazing God in the business of redemption. That's what he does. So bow your head for just a second. You can feel those communion elements in your hands, just symbols. Symbols of what Jesus did on the cross. And I want to start here today. There may be someone that's in this room that that hasn't, that hasn't um, made a decision to ask the Lord for forgiveness for all the ways that we've fallen short of His perfect standard. And maybe you are here today and you haven't submitted your life to Him and asked Him to be your Lord and Savior. And as you look back, you know there are some things that need to change If you're going to get past your past, hear me, you're going to need Jesus at work in your life. And scriptures simply tell us that we need to confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. So everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. And like in every one of our services this weekend, there have been those that needed to make this decision. And I I would venture to guess there are some in this service too. And if you'd say, Doug, I just would you pray with me because I want to invite Christ to be the Lord of my life. Submit to the Lordship of him. Would you just raise your hand? Nobody else is looking around, just you. Over here on my right, maybe. Anybody over here? Just keep your hand up so I can see you. Thank you. Okay, here in the middle. Anybody else? Raise your hand so I can see you. I want to pray with you. Anybody else? Just pray this prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you that you love us so much that you would send your son to come and die for us. And today, I ask you to forgive me, knowing that what you did on the cross, you did for me. So today, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And I submit myself to you and ask you to be the Lord of my life. Lord, for the rest of us, we've carried some labels, all of us, things that others have said, things that we've even believed about ourselves. And God, we know that you're, you're a God that wants to help us get past our past. So today, give us a new name, uh, give us a new purpose, and give us a new future. Help us to truly believe that we are who you said we are. But God wants to give us the strength to understand who we are in Him. Man, don't believe any of the mess that anybody has spoken over you. Don't believe the labels that even you've given yourself. You're a child of God. Man, don't look back. That's a new name with a new purpose and a new future. Man, live right there. Don't turn around and look back. So yesterday, yesterday afternoon as I was looking over my notes really felt like I needed to say this to you as we were finishing up today and I want you to walk away with what I just said and then this, your words matter. I want you to think about the things that you say because listen, we all know that the labels that people have given us are things they've spoken into our life and they can wound right? You can either speak life or send someone to therapy because of what you say. Listen, church, speak life. For those of you that are married, the way that you talk to each other matters. Guys, the way that you talk to your wife will either speak life into her or will crush her spirit. Ladies, listen. There is no more powerful voice than yours to inspire your husband to believe that he can achieve what everybody else is telling him he can't. If you have children, listen to me. Dog on it. Use your words wisely. Speak life into your kids. I've been out and about and heard fathers speaking about their children while their children are there, saying the most unbelievable things to over their kids. I want to punch them in the throat. So they can't talk anymore. Don't do that. Whether it's at work. If you work with students, if you work with children. I remember years ago when we took my son Luke to kindergarten. His teacher said, hey, Luke, how you doing handsome? And I was like, it was just that little extra. And I wanted to give her a hug because she's speaking life into my kid. Think about the way that you use your words at work with your coworkers, with those that work for you and with you. Speak life, friends. That's who God wants us to be. And remember, you're a child of God, so we do it different because we have a new name, we have a new purpose, and we have a new future. God, will you help us this week to live the way you're calling us to live? Man, we are your kids, and the enemy doesn't want us to live in that spot. So we fight against him this week and pray through your strength, through your power, through your encouragement, Lord, that we would live as a
0: child of God. We love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray together, amen. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, congratulations. We are so excited for you and we'd love to equip you with some resources, some next steps, and a complimentary gift. Just text the word FAITH to 40650. And if today you just need to talk to someone or would like to have someone pray with you, you can call our church office at 303-663-1714. And one of our pastors would be happy to spend some time with you. From everyone here at Plum Creek, have a great day.